Hey everyone, welcome to episode 97 of 15 with Randy and Jeff. This week we continue the trend of shape-shifting podcasts where things are never what they appear or expected to be. Last week Jeff was out and this week Andy's not here and I almost forgot what Tom looked like until he showed up this <laughs> afternoon, beard and all, to once again save us from audio doom. Thank you, Tom, for being back. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> so thanks for joining us and we're happy to have you aboard as we continue on. Last week we changed our format Formit, that's not right, our format a bit, see, easy for me to say, to focus on one thing with as few distractions as possible. Everything we believe is predicated on the story of the resurrection, that it's true, and yet there are so many doubts, misconceptions, and overall confusion by so many in the world, Christians included, that we devoted the entire episode to simply defining what the resurrection is and what we believe here at the Florida Hospital Church to make sure that we have a solid foundation because without the without understanding that we're pretty uh, we're pretty much in trouble with everything else that we're going to do or think. So if you haven't had a chance to check that out, please do. You can watch the message and hey, a good Easter program, that's always in style. That's right. That was actually quite nice. It was a great program. You can actually watch that message or you can listen to the podcast. You can do that all most easily on the Hospital Church mobile app. And if you haven't downloaded that, go to hospitalchurch.org slash F-H-C-A-P-P. So on to this week in our new series, Love. Yeah. Now, Jeff, Love, whose idea was yeah, Love? That, that's interesting, right? Everybody says, you probably just came up with that on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. What should we do for In yeah. a Pinch? Oh, I know. Love. Love. Yeah. Well, in, We can probably find something in the Bible on that. We probably could. And I thought it was interesting, though, in referencing John 3.16, you said, or in the notes, I believe it said, this in itself is God's character and desire revealed in one picture. It is the reason we are created in his image. It is the reason why God has prepared a new home for us. It is the reason why our hearts beat and why we have breath in our bodies. It is how others will know who we follow and to whom we belong. So that gives us all the feels as Christians, right? But then you immediately followed that up with we and you were referencing our church family here at florida hospital church have been accused of being soft on issues revolving (laughs) around this topic i was wondering if you were going to get to that that like a naive teenager perhaps we are a bit blinded to some things by being too loving yeah i was taking notes during the message i wrote down how can it be possible that a church community As a source of messages and life lessons, Bible studies, teachings, community, camaraderie, sharing life together, that anyone can argue with sending a consistent message of love. If we believe Jesus is in his words that the greatest of these is love, so all the rest, everything I've ever given you to consider, the summation of God's character is love, how in the world can that be anything but what we should be concentrating on and focusing almost everything we talk about almost has to be filtered through that, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, it's um, (laughs) when I wrote that paragraph, there's a number of people that are, that come to mind because I, I, you know, you get approached by lots of people from different, different walks and different aspects. And uh, one of the persons uh, came up to me a couple of weeks, actually knew this series was coming and he said, you know, you do talk a lot about love here. And, and <laughs> I kind of thought, I thought that was a compliment, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's just what I was going to say. Thank you very much. I'm glad you noticed. And um, and he says, 
but isn't there an opportunity? When do we say the warnings? And that was his that was his comment, you know, is love a good warning? Is love helping, you know, if I, yeah, okay, I think we all should be loving. I think we should all be um willing to give of ourselves to other people. Sure. But when do we when you know, when do we stop all of this and share the warning that there are some people who are not going to end up uh, in in God's love. Sure, I mean that's fair, right? Right, that's fair. Mm-hmm. But how do we say, okay, I hear you. We're still going to talk about love, and we're not going to back down from that. But how do we do that then? How do we how do we balance that out? And with speaking through almost what is that? We can say tough love or well, that's what I don't think. You know, that's part that that didn't resonate with me really well because when I think of tough love, and I think I spoke about it towards the end of the talk, but when I think of tough love, I think it should be tough on the person providing the love. Oh yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. I think it should be hard on us. So. And and obviously it's it's not meant to be tough on you. I'm going to be tough on you, and I don't think that's the purpose of it. I think the whole meaning behind tough love is that yeah, that sometimes I have to do things I don't like to do. Yeah, and there are, you know there are times. I think, and and I don't want to get off on this topic, but I think that there are times when community. There are two parts to this. Number one, yes, there are warnings that we need. Just if I was a farmer, or if I was a a shepherd and there was a, a group of sheep out in the, and I see a storm coming and I want to get them into the fold. Right. So, you know, and, and let's just say there's a couple of lagging sheep, you know, so to speak. <laughs> well, yes, we and, all know a few, don't we? And, uh, and so, you know, I might come a little harsher because they need to see that I mean business. And so sure. that doesn't mean I, I don't love them. Right. Matter of fact, it's actually out of love that I do. And I think that's the point. Right. Is that what, at what point do we become you know, we say we mean business. Well, as I looked at the story of Abraham, and I, I, I briefly shared the story of Abraham. If you go through chapter 12 through 25, there's not one time that Abraham is chastised by God. Not right, right. one time. And it's it's an incredible piece because he, he does come down hard, but he comes down hard on the people who Abraham has bamboozled into thinking that Sarah was his sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and those are the people that God comes because these are the people that Abraham lied to. As a matter of fact, God says, Hey, he's actually created some kind of an illness in one and he was gonna destroy the yeah. the, you know, uh, the other. And uh and he goes, Look, I thought it was his sister, you know. And so it all worked out okay. But Abraham comes out of that situation with more cattle, with uh with more resources, and you kind of go, Whoa. You know, God's just like really, really helping this guy out. And I got to thinking that there are when we when we look at warnings or we we do these things out of love, I think we have to realize that so many times, and if we look at the way things are today, we want people to understand God in light that, hey, we're here to serve. Right. We're, and we think that the grace and love of God is what attracts other people to him. We believe sure. that. So other people will say, well, what about the warnings? Wouldn't the warnings attract? And I'm thinking, yes, okay, there are some times where we could say there's a storm coming, but there's a storm coming and the 
answer to the storm is the love of God. It is the love, yeah. And and I think that's the part that everybody's missed. No, it, it's not that God's angry or his vengeful wrath is going to be on you if you stay out in the storm. No, the storm is not something you want to be, but let me just tell you the part where you do want to be. So that's the one part of it. The other part of it is, I think, and this is the part that I alluded to, and that is the fact that some people look at it as being they're making my life miserable if we don't give them these warnings. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, in a community, and there are times when that happens. Let's say, for instance, now the flock is in the fold and the fold door is open and in comes the wolf and the wolf's there to destroy the flock. Well, then, yes. Okay, now the shepherd has to has to come down hard and say, okay, this is here, this problem is here to destroy the community. And we do need to react uh, or you know, respond quickly, I should say. Sure. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we can't do so out of love. I out think of love, yeah. Exactly what you talked about. And if you haven't watched the message yet, we're only going to get to obviously just a little piece of it here in the next nine or so minutes that we have left. But I would definitely go back and listen to the message because exactly what you just talked about, right, just this minute, really worked out with what you talked about in the story of the boys at your little <laughs> church that couldn't seem to find a place to just be boys. Right. Just be boys. No matter where it was, somebody had a problem and it wasn't out of love that they were saying, now boys, let's no. see if we can, let's see if we can find something constructive. Let's see if we can find a place where you can enjoy being and it's not going to bother you. It's not going to bother us. We can find a place together. Instead, it was just no, 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 right. and no, and probably more harshly than just no. Yeah. So you can give the warnings, but you have to you have to provide a solution, which God does with His love. So I think you're right. If all we're going to focus on is just the warnings, that might be attractive for a moment <laughs> in time, right. because you're like, whoa, I never knew that. Man, thanks for letting me know. But if everything is only about the warnings and without the love, what's bringing me back? And not only that, but a lot of times we, we just need to let God be God. Be, yeah. And we need to let God – I was thinking about that from the standpoint. One of the, one of the part of the stories is here we are in the middle of the playground, and then they tear out the playground because it was you know a yeah. bad place apparently for us to be. And I always thought, you know, what if one of the elders said, you know what? If you really think that those boys are going to lose their salvation by sitting on a piece of playground, then maybe we need to have a little more trust in God, you know, or something yeah. like that. But that was never, you know, it was almost, it was because of their maybe lack of being able to handle anything going beyond their control or power. I'm not going to not going to venture into that. I don't know. Sometimes well, sure. it's just yeah. an issue. That, and it's not throwing uh, anybody under the bus. Right. I mean, different generations, different people, different areas of the country all deal with these things a little bit differently. But we can certainly call that out and say, listen, an approach of love would have been much more successful, as we find out later in the story, was much more successful. Yeah. But I really liked how you brought what we just talked about with Abraham there. And my question that really came from that was, how can we avoid living like Abraham during that time? I mean, God still blessed him and he came out better on a lot of these situations where he, you know, he lied. If we don't realize that we're not living and giving God our best, how do we kind of judge that in our hearts? I mean, is there any reading or specific Bible? There was a part and you talk about warning. So here comes God to Abraham and shares a warning. 
you know, I know you got people down in that city down there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but, but let me tell you what's going to happen. The warning was not about how bad those people, you know, how could you have been, you were in his uncle. How did you let him slide like that? And, you know, just going on and on. He doesn't yeah. do that. He goes, I know how much you love Lot and I know how much you love the family, but here, let me tell you what's going on. Yeah. And what's really cool about, and a lot of times, I mean, this is probably digressing, but he goes, the cries of those people have come out to me. In other words, the cries of, so we get this idea that Sodom and Gomorrah is this horrible, horrible place sure. where everybody is bad except Lot and his family. And apparently even they weren't all that good, apparently. But there's there's things, there's injustice going on or whatever is going on in that town. God is going to put an end to it. And he's telling Abraham. And Abraham bargains with him. You know, he, he does this bargaining thing. Only him and Moses seem to get yeah. away with this, right? What I, is that, you know? <laughs> because I think that's, but I think that gives us an insight. Sure. Because sure. I do think that all the while God's trying to move Abraham and he's going to be the father of a you know of his chosen people so to speak sure. and and I think that each moment that Moses or I'm sorry that Abraham falls God's right there and I think he's right there not because God's this nosy guy who wants to be involved it's because Abraham lets him be there even when he's done some pretty crazy stuff yeah and Abraham, and I think that's what we need to do. We need to just let God be there and not be uh, off offended or feeling like we've, we're guilty and God doesn't want to be around us anymore. I think that the story came down. You know, the story comes down from family to family to family and family. Finally, Moses or his scribe writes it down. Sure. So we have this story in this picture of God who is this God who's constantly at Abraham's side. Abraham talks with him. And Abraham finally gets it at the end. But it took a long time. So I think we just need to be patient. Yeah. Our, God kept giving. That was the whole point. God kept giving. The connection between Abraham and God just kept expanding. Kept expanding. It's almost like you're really finding that balance of realizing that God is going to be there with you no matter what. And he's not going to leave you. And that you know, if you just stick with it and continue that conversation and you continually are looking to find ways to seek him out, whether that's just, you know, more, more Bible study, prayer, or just talking to him like you would. I mean, I guess that's prayer, but sometimes for me, it doesn't feel like prayer as much as I'm just talking, trying to get things off my chest or trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. Instead of trying to rationalize why we can probably just do this on our own, but just to rely on God that, like you said, that's just going to keep building and building. I love the story of Ray and I <laughs> wish that we all had a Ray in, oh, our, don't you? in our Christian walk to really galvanize the love of God and make it real and it, just something you cannot ignore. I mean, we have, you know, you just talk Abraham and Moses and you've got these great stories, but this is almost, as you were telling that story, I kind of imagined you as Moses. So that might, that might be a little bit weird. <laughs> oh. That has nothing to do with age or anything like that. But when you think about the storytellers, like you just said, it's passed down and down and down, and your grandkids are going to know this story. Your kids know this story, I'm sure. Now everyone here knows the story, and if you don't, go back and watch the message because you don't want to miss the story of Ray. But essentially, when you tell it, you and I, you know, we see each other every week. Right, right. Um, I would consider you my friend. This is something I never knew about you. But then when you tell me this story about how this one person completely – I don't think it's underestimating to say that – 
he may have changed your entire trajectory as a Christian. Oh, yeah. Starting at an impressionable age when oftentimes, just as had been happening, you kind of get dusted off and, no, no, you can't be here and you can't be here and you can't be here. I'm going to provide you with no solutions. Just no, you can't pretty much be anywhere unless you're sitting in the pew staring straight ahead, paying attention. Right. How do we find ourselves? Because if we want this, we also have to be agents of change and it almost has to be in our DNA to want to be a ray for somebody else. How do we find that person inside of us? Because Ray was observant. You know, you, yeah. you mentioned he yeah. almost seemed a little aloof, maybe a little right. grumpy by some people's standards. So it wasn't like people were gravitating towards Ray. But Ray was obviously had his thumb on the pulse of what was happening in his church. He understood what you kids were going through. And he was like, I can make a difference and yeah. I can do something. How do we find that inside of ourselves to be a ray to someone else? It starts, first of all, with the the heart. You know, you have, uh, you know, none of us knew this about him. I mean, he did, like I said, he did seem pretty cold. But I think that he had, you have to have that heart, first of all. And I think that's the connections that we talk about with Abraham where his heart just continued to grow. There's so much if you read in Abraham what he what he wanted to do, what he was, you know, what he tried to do, and some of those things because of God's connection with him, he would never would have seen the things that Abraham did uh, in the people around him from the communities around him. This is, you know, the the culture was not that way. Yeah. So we look at it now because we're Christians and we see what Abraham did, but we you know we see it now. But the second thing I think we need to do is we need to be a ray. In yeah. other words, we need to just be aware. Yeah. You know, look around and find those those areas, those pockets where I can actually uh, make a difference or, or sacrifice. Sacrifice comes out of love. It's got to come out of love. It comes out of that connection. One of the things that's really important as as I was looking at this is that sacrifice, you know, we, we tend to think of sacrifice as being something that Oh, I need to do it. But sacrifice is withheld most of the time because we believe there's a limit on God's love. We yeah. think there's going to come a time when God's going to lay it down and he's going to be fed up with you and that's the, that's the end. <laughs> that's it. Yep. And so we, have, we pass that on. We go, we can only love. And that's what the disciples kept asking him. How many times should I forgive? And then we let it go. Yeah, but that's it. You know, yeah. God was saying, I am, God is limitless. Yeah. There is no limit to God. No limit. I mean, we think of, well, yeah, he's, you know, he's did the flood thing. and Or we might say, you know, he's, he's not, that sounds like he's chaotic. No, well, God is very orderly, but he's orderly in a limitless love. And I think we hmm. have to really understand that part. Otherwise, we start to become closed and limited and we don't live in abundance at all. That's excellent. Well, we're going to skip <clears throat> our takeaway from this week. And I wanted to leave you with just a couple of things. And during your message, you mentioned that Dr. Stavanovic recently gave his definition of love as the readiness to serve, which takes the focus off what I'm going to get to what I'm going to bring. This is the enlarged version of love. That love as it is lived out is not about what I get in return. It's not about the balance and equality or reciprocity. Mutuality does happen in a relationship, but it's not the reason. And I just love that definition of love. And moving forward, the readiness to serve. And as we speak of places to serve, did you know that From Outside In has a new location just yeah, down the street yeah. from the church? Uh, I was lucky enough with my family to join Chrissy and a group of volunteers to help ready that space for teens to come and shop for clothes. 
This is an amazing ministry that could use your readiness to serve in many, many capacities. Please email Krizia, K-R-I-Z-I-A, at hospitalchurch.org if you have time, talent, or treasure that would impact the lives of at-risk youth in our community and be a ray in that particular situation. I would strongly encourage you to go back and listen to this past week's message. One thing you're not going to get to hear Jeff for the next couple of months (laughs) as he's on sabbatical. Number two, this is a message that is, you know, we we listened to Resurrection the week prior, and this one is all about that that readiness to serve, and the the story of Ray will bring a tear to your eye. Jeff, you got choked up in the message. I'm sitting there going, man, I'm, I'm starting to choke up. And upcoming this week, we will be continuing that with Andy with the second part of four. Mm-hmm. So we've got three left. So we are way over time. Sorry about that, but thank you for sticking with us. So that's going to do it for this week. Thank you to always to Jeff and Tom. Thank you for being back. And join us again next week for episode 98. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you then.